2: 20 minutes a day.
0: 365 days a year. This is the Pack A Day Podcast.
2: What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack A Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Hope this episode finds you well, and thanks so much for joining me. I want to kick things off today by discussing the departure of Randall Cobb to the New York Jets, which is going to lead us into a bigger conversation about Green Bay potentially needing some veterans to fill out this roster. It's been an interesting topic, so I want to dive into that a lot deeper. But before we get there, Randall Cobb signed with the New York Jets in what was probably the most obvious move of the offseason. It would have been fairly shocking if Cobb didn't end up with his buddy Aaron Rodgers and ultimately those two playing together again for another season, which let me just start by saying is great. I I love Randall. He's, you know, an all-time consummate Green Bay Packer, an ultimate professional. And, you know, listen, he gets to continue his career, gets to go play with Aaron. That's awesome for him. So nothing but great things to say about Randall and I'm happy that he's able to continue to play in this league and we'll be able, to, you know, it'll be fun to see him play another season regardless of who it is for. So kudos to Randall and congratulations to Randall on an incredible career with the Green Bay Packers. I think that's probably the biggest thing and the you know biggest takeaway of what we should be saying right now is he had a phenomenal run in Green Bay, obviously gets interrupted midway and then he's brought back basically by Aaron, but he's had a phenomenal career in Green Bay, and he should definitely be acknowledged for that first and foremost. However, that brings us to the larger conversation now that Randall Cobb is gone and is a member of the New York Jets, is what is going to happen with Green Bay, and are they going to actually sign some veterans moving forward? Now, the first thing that of course we need to know here is that Green Bay does not have a ton of money to spend. In fact, they are extremely low on salary cap space once they sign their draft class. Once they go from 51 players to 53 players on their active roster, remember in the off season, only your top 51 players count against your salary cap. That eventually goes to 53. Once they have to put together a 16-man practice squad, once they have to call up players throughout the course of the season, put players on IR who continue to count towards the salary cap, sign new players to fill those 53-man roster spots, which also counts against the salary cap, that sort of money adds up extremely quick. And they're going to have to have some money in the piggy bank to pay for for all of that stuff. So their actual revenue that they have the ability to go out and spend, or their salary cap, I should say, is just very minimal. So don't expect Green Bay to go out and start signing some free agents. The Darnell Savage contract restructure is basically going to be paying for Jordan Love's contract extension and the additional money that he's going to be paid this year. So that didn't open up a ton of more resources. Rashawn Gary probably gets an extension at some point. That still is just going to clear salary cap space so that Green Bay can do all those things during the course of the season that I just mentioned so any veteran signings are probably going to be a vet minimum sort of signing but that brings a lot of you know potential packer names into the fold. now prior to Randall Cobb, Signing with the New York Jets, it was noteworthy that they gave out number eighteen to an undrafted free agent. So that number was gone, and usually that's fairly telling. All right, if if they're going to move on from the player, and they kind of know they're going to move on from the player, and make no mistake about it, when Randall Cobb was traded for most recently uh, when Aaron came back, Brian Gutekunst said. Randall is here because of Aaron. Like you could tell Goody had no interest in trading for Randall Cobb at that time. That was specifically to get Aaron back to Green Bay. That was all that was. Now, Randall played well in his time in Green Bay. And I actually thought like maybe there was an avenue where Randall could be brought back, but it never came to fruition. That was always the expected outcome. And now of course he is a member of the New York Jets. But while number 18 was given out, there were three numbers that were interestingly enough not given out. Number 89, Mercedes Lewis. Number two, Mason Crosby. And number 31, Adrian Amos. All three of those numbers have not been given out to undrafted free agents or rookies in this most recent class. So Green Bay is perilously thin on available numbers because of retired numbers. They're obviously not going to give out number 12, even though number one is not retired. They don't give that out during the season. So they have very little uh, wiggle room when it comes to giving out numbers to players. Yet, three that have not been given out in any capacity have been 89-2 and 31, which is very interesting because that's sort of leaving the door open for all three of those players. And Brian Gutekinds, he didn't actually talk much about Mercedes, but when asked about Adrian Amos and Mason Crosby, said that he wasn't going to close that door entirely. We'll get some more on that in just a moment. And as we have this discussion, it's worth noting that there are multiple rooms within the Packers. That needs some veteran help. You could make an argument for the wide receiver room. That entire room is filled with first or, you know, second year players and rookies. Let's put it that way. The safety room needs more depth and starting potential players. That safety room could certainly use some work. You could make an argument that offensive line depth could maybe use a a veteran player here or there. Backup corner. Like once you get kind of past your backups, it's a lot of unproven guys. Or once you get past your starters, you can, you know, get to a bunch of unproven guys backup quarterback. Is Sean Clifford going to be that guy? That maybe isn't the greatest idea on paper. And certainly tight end is another one of those positions as well, where you just drafted two players. You got Josiah DeGuara, but outside of that, you know Tyler Davis, I guess, but not a ton on your roster and certainly not a lot of veteran depth at the tight end position at the moment. So those are some areas where you could certainly make arguments that Green Bay is in need of some veteran help. Now, if you've been following me at all during this entire offseason, you know my overarching philosophy, but I'll go over it one more time for those of you who may be listening for the first time. Green Bay's coaching staff should be doing everything they can to try to win a Super Bowl this season. Every single player on this roster, right now 88 players on this roster, there's two open positions worth noting there as well, but every one of those 88 players should be doing everything they can to try to win a Super Bowl this year. The front office and Brian Gutekunst should not be, and that might sound sacrilegious. Of course, you go out and try to win football games. The goal never changes in Green Bay. Of course, the goal changes. Now that doesn't mean, again, that the coaching staff and the you know players should not be trying to win a Super Bowl. They absolutely should. There's no, you don't tank in Green Bay, Wisconsin for better draft picks. That's not what you're doing. But. As a general manager, you pick your moments to sort of say, we're gonna go all in, we're gonna sign a bunch of players, we're gonna mortgage the future, we're gonna sign veterans. This is not that time. Right now is the time to evaluate the players that you have to start building towards the future and start figuring out how you can open that next window, whether that be in 2024, 25, 26, whenever that next window can possibly be opened, you are trying to set yourself up for that. So signing veteran players on a one-year vet minimum deal, which has been what something that Green Bay has basically done for the last 30 years is finding those veterans that can you know s- sort of uh, shore up the roster and fill those final roster spots. Those are amazing things to do When you are a player or two short and are trying to fill some of those gaps with veteran experience, that is exactly what you should be doing. Not this year though. That's not what they have this year. They have a team that is incredibly young. They have a first time starting quarterback. And I'm not saying that they don't have talent because they do. And there's a world in which they finish first in the NFC North and have a a playoff game in them. I don't think there's any question about that, that that is within the realm of possibility. But this is not the year that you are trying to cultivate a culture of bringing in veterans and, you know, shoring up those little things here and there. No, you are trying to figure out the players that can help you in 2020. 2024, 2025, and beyond. That's what you are growing towards. You would need to grow towards something. And veterans on a one-year deal are not going to help you do that. Let's just talk Adrian Amos for a second, right? Adrian Amos is not going to help you on any timeline. He's not going to be the player that puts you over the top this year like all this it's not like all of a sudden this is a team that by the way Vegas has is like 7.5 wins over under on the season that, that means everything but that's the expectation going in for this team It's not if you think they're gonna sign Adrian Amos and then that line is going to be like oh, 13 wins that's the over under now for Green Bay. they are not an Adrian Amos away from competing and one of the biggest things I would say is that Adrian Amos showed last year and I love the player to death. I love him to death. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Even in this time in Chicago, I enjoyed watching him play. Incredibly consistent player. So it pains me to say this, but he showed last year that he took a major step back. And if anything is on the decline there is no player that Green Bay should be adding to this roster that is trending anywhere on the downline. Anywhere on the downline. Everything that they add to this roster should be trending on the upline, where they are trying to grow for future seasons. And there is no timeline where Adrian Amos helps you with that. Any veteran that you bring in, again, this is my overarching philosophy for this season, any veteran that you bring in is sniping snaps, from players who could potentially help you in future seasons, potentially stunting their growth to where they maybe won't be able to help you in future seasons because they're not getting the snaps they need to get now. And even if you put some of those players in positions and they ultimately fail, you have still learned something in that situation that they, A, were not ready, B, maybe you need to coach them in a different way, or C, maybe they're just not that guy and you need to go in a different direction learning that information is still valuable, even if it doesn't go as you would like. So I would much rather have, uh, you know, some of these younger players go through some of the ups and downs throughout the course of the season, take their lumps, learn from it, and see who ultimately responds to it and can be a player for you moving forward. That is so much more valuable. And again, you want guys that are trending up, trending in the right direction, or at least to learn if you have guys on the roster that can trend in that direction, or if you have guys that just aren't ultimately going to cut it, because that has value as well. So that is what I would ultimately like to see this upcoming season as Green Bay looks to add players. It's not veteran guys on one-year deals. It's guys that could potentially help you in future seasons. And that's why you've seen Green Bay fill out the majority of this roster with a bunch of rookies. It's why Brian traded down and got more picks and then filled out the remainder of the roster with undrafted free agents, save for those two open spots. So let's go through those spots just one by one for a moment of what areas potentially people are saying need veteran help. Let's start with backup quarterback. And I will say that this is the one where I'm at least open to listening to a little bit more. If you find the right backup quarterback that can sort of be there to quiz, you know, Jordan Love as he's going through the week and some of those, you know, assignment things that the backup quarterback is usually helping the starting quarterback with, you know, helping him through the ups and downs and the rigors of a season. If you can find someone like that on a cheap deal, that I can kind of understand a little bit more. Even then, you know who I want walking Jordan Love through all of those situations and putting his arm around him, Tom Clements. That's who I want doing that. That is the guy that I trust more than anything to develop Jordan and to get him through those times. So yeah, it on paper and like overall, if they if you told me this week that they went out and signed a veteran that can help with some of that stuff at backup quarterback, I wouldn't hate it. That's the one that I wouldn't hate and would somewhat understand. And if well, like ultimately, what are you taking reps from? Sean Clifford, I'm okay. Like and, and Danny Etling, I'm okay. I don't feel like those are probably players that are going to be long-term answers for you anyway. So it's not like you're sniping anything of major value. That said... I can still make the argument that even if Sean Clifford is your backup, you at least get to learn some, if he all of a sudden has to go in, you learn something from him. He, it's probably very, very bad. And if Jordan Love gets hurt and your season is going downhill, very bad is probably the best thing to be anyway, because you want one of those top picks next year rather than bringing in a Joe Flacco or a Matt Ryan who might get you to seven, eight wins and kind of get you in sort of no man's land. Right. So I actually don't hate the Sean Clifford. I probably would not go in that direction, but. Uh, for uh, you know, signing a veteran backup, but that one I can understand a little bit more. In the wide receiver room, I don't need any more Sammy Watkinses of the world taking snaps away from these young players. They have three rookies from last year, Watson, Dobbs, and Toure. They have three more from this year, and Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, and then um, the DuBose, Grant DuBose, the seventh round pick. They've got six rookies right there. That Unless there's injuries, or unless one of them completely tanks and just looks awful, Those are your six wide receivers this year. And even if one of them looks awful, then you look to a Bo Melton, who they claimed last year, one of your undrafted guys, or you just keep five. Or even if you want a six, then you look at all the players that are released on cutdown days and you say, oh, that 23-year-old wide receiver just was released and we can claim him off of waivers. Let's do that and bring that guy in as the sixth you know wide receiver. Add, adding in a veteran at this point is not going to do anything other than steal snaps away from your super young, super talented wide receiver group that needs to work with Jordan Love if you are going to progress that group forward as a future. So, I'm no I'm a no on the wide receiver group. Safety, we sort of talked about this with Adrian Amos already, and now safety doesn't have great options, but we know Darnell Savage is basically going to be one of those you have a Rudy Ford and a Tavarius Moore. Neither of those are helping you in 2025, 2026, or beyond anyway, but you do now have an Anthony Johnson Jr. You still have an Innis Gaines, who's very young, who I do have some belief in. And like, I would much rather have you learn about either of those players, especially Anthony Johnson Jr., than bring back a guy like Adrian Amos. And yes, there are going to be some peaks and valleys with those rookies. There's no questions about it. And probably more valleys than peaks or whatever the worst one is. Valleys is worse, right? So uh, there's going to be more valleys than peaks in some of those situations. That's fine. You know what there were peaks and valleys with last year? Adrian Amos, Sammy Watkins, like some of the veterans on this team last year, especially some of those that were picked up, you know, prior to the season or were veterans that have been here for a little while. Those were some of the ones that had some of the biggest fluctuation in performance week to week. So we saw that with even, even the veterans a season ago, there's, you know, at least have the rookies learn from it and see if they can ultimately develop from it a much better situation. So, and you're not going out and spending big money. So the odds that you're going to find somebody as a one-year veteran safety, that's better than Rudy Ford or Tavares Moore, anyway, is probably rather slim. Offensive line depth. I don't know, maybe, but like at this, t- at this point, you have your starters, you've got six starting caliber offensive linemen, you know, the names they've got interesting backups in Rashid Walker and Luke Tanuda and Caleb Jones and Sean Ryan, who are all developmental players. Jake Hansen and Royce Newman, I know nobody's clamoring for, but they've played snaps in the NFL. Royce Newman is still very young. So like, I would much rather have you go with those guys corner. Like I would much rather have you go with Carrington Valentin, you know, uh, John Charles, even a Keandre Thomas than bringing in a veteran at this point. Let's see what those guys can do. Those are young, talented players who maybe they turn into something. Maybe they don't, but better than going up and getting a, a random veteran. And, um, you know, Corey is a guy that they have as a veteran on the roster. Who's he has special teams value. If you're just gonna sign a random one year vet minimum corner, I just keep you know Corey Valentine at that point. So that's not a position. And that before I get to tight end, let me add one more thing really quick here. The argument that many will make is, and you have a first year starting quarterback in Jordan Love, and the only thing that this season about is about is making an evaluation on Jordan Love. And I hear you, and I understand it, and I agree with you. That said, this was the huge conversation in Chicago last year. The, it was all of it of like, oh, you got, you, you got to get you know more for, for Justin Fields, or you're just setting him up for failure, and he's going to suck, and you're not going to learn anything from it, because he had never had a chance in the first place. The Bears were literally the worst team in all of football a season ago. They finished with the very worst record, and they learned all they needed to learn about Justin Fields. And I'm not saying that they should throw Jordan Love to the Wolves and not give him opportunities, things like that. This offensive roster, right now, with what they've done in the draft, yes, there's going to be volatility, there's going to be peaks and valleys, there's going to be ups and downs. All of that is true. But. They have enough talent that they are not just throwing them to the Wolves. They've still got a premium left tackle. They've got amazing running back in Aaron Jones. We saw the playmaking ability of Christian Watson. There's five more wide receivers now that they have that have some very interesting traits. They have two tight ends that are incredibly talented that are going to be used in interesting ways. They have a Josiah DeGuara who Jordan Love has a rapport with. They've got a very good starting offensive line. This is not a roster that's just like, oh, they're setting Jordan up for failure. Like he's completely screwed. Now this is an offense that has talent and they are going to be able to get a a real true evaluation of Jordan Love just from the talent that is on this roster right now. So I have no concerns about that. And that brings us to the tight end position.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: And I'm going to contradict almost everything that I just told you about every single position. I'm going to contradict everything that I said about my overarching philosophy. Right now, this tight end depth chart is Tucker Craft, third round pick, Luke Musgrave, second round pick, Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Davis, and a couple camp bodies, right? That's your, that's your roster right now. And this is the one position where I wholeheartedly believe that it is time to bring in a Mercedes Lewis and help these tight ends develop overall, and I think Mercedes can help in a variety of different ways this upcoming season. And yes, as I mentioned, I'm going to completely contradict myself. The first thing I will say is that Green Bay does not have a true blocking tight end on the roster, which we know is something that is very integral to Matt LaFleur's offense. Yes, Tucker Kraft has some upside there. I think Luke Musgrave actually has the capability of being a much better blocker than he got credit for on most scouting reports. I think they have some long-term potential as blockers. They are not going to be that big time blocking tight end right now. They just do not have that player on the roster. So adding Mercedes Lewis fills that spot. Let me start by saying there that that is the least of my concerns. If they don't have that guy, it's not a big deal. But it has been a, an important position in Matt's offense, and he would fill that position. Number two, Green Bay's going through a pretty significant change on their roster this season. There is no more Aaron Rodgers. And Alan Lazard is gone. Randall Cobb is gone. Adrian Amos might be gone. Mason Crosby might be gone. This is a team that is losing a lot of their veterans in the locker room. In fact, there are only four players on this roster that are over 28 years of age. Devondre Campbell is 29. Preston Smith is 30. David Bakhtiari is 31. Pat O'Donnell is 32, at least as of recording this. Maybe one of them has a birthday and is turning a little bit older. But as of recording this, those are the only four players over the age of 28. They only have six guys that are actually 28 years old. And it is a very young roster overall. And Big Dog, as everyone knows, is one of the absolute leaders in the locker room, somebody that everyone can go to, somebody that everyone cheers for and roots for. This is somebody that can help you in that transition as you go from a team that's been competing or trying to compete for a Super Bowl every year with a bunch of veterans on the roster and Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and like 30 years of this, right? Now you're going in a slightly different direction and having a guy like Mercedes in the locker room, I think can absolutely help with that transition as well. He's a locker room leader potentially would be a team captain this upcoming season. And let me just start by saying there, while I think all of that is important and I wouldn't be bringing it up if I didn't think so, that is also the second least of my concerns here. I'm not super concerned about that, but I do think that it would help as well. The important one, the one that I think really, really matters here is Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. You could absolutely see tight ends in the past, specifically Robert Tunyon, but there's been others as well that have been extremely influenced by Mercedes Lewis being in that room. His blocking is second to none as a tight end, and the tight ends will absolutely pick up what he can teach them. It's not going to just be in a day. It's going to take some time, but he is a phenomenal mentor. He's constantly working with the other tight ends, and having him to work with two incredibly talented, incredibly important tight ends for the future of this team, and Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, I think is extremely beneficial and is extremely worthwhile of bringing him back on this roster. Tunyon's blocking got better over the course of his time, in large part because Mercedes Lewis was on this roster. And I know we just talked about, or I just talked about, how important it is to only get guys that are on the incline and only get guys that are gonna help you in the long term. And just like we talked about Adrian Amos, he's not going to help you on any timeline. The same can absolutely be said for Mercedes Lewis. He's not going to help you over the top in 2023, and he's not going to be around in 2024, 25, 26 when that next window opens. So what's the point in adding him? The point in adding him is that the two most important players at the tight end position are Luke Musgrave and and Tucker Craft. Those are the two most important. And I truly believe that him just being on the roster as somebody that can still help you in, you know, some run blocking snaps because they don't have that guy, that can be a locker room leader that tries to get you through this sort of, you know, rebuild type season, also can be a massive mentor to the two most important tight ends that you've had on the roster in a very long time, probably since Jermichael Finley, at least as it comes to young developmental tight ends. So putting him on there, putting him on that roster and helping develop those two guys is far more important to me than any other fourth tight end that you're going to keep on the roster. Like you're going to keep an undrafted guy or a Tyler Davis, who I like Tyler Davis, by the way, but you're going to keep those guys over a guy that can be on the roster, help you with a couple things this year, but ultimately make both Tucker Kraft and Luke Musgrave better football players? No. Sign me up for the Mercedes Lewis that can literally help both of those guys become the players that you need them to be in the next few seasons when you are trying to win Super Bowls and when you are trying to open up that next window. In every other scenario, I want to keep the younger guy and see if he can develop. In this scenario, I want to keep the older guy because he's going to help the younger guys develop. And in that situation with those two tight ends, that is far more important to me. And we talked about sniping snaps, right? If, you know, if uh, Sammy Watkins or an Adrian Amos comes in, he's just going to take snaps from younger players. Here were the snap counts for Mercedes over the past four years. 542 snaps in 2019, then 489, then 504, and last year, 451. I think you probably bring that down to about 300 snaps. If you play him about 300 snaps, it's about a fourth of the season or a fourth of fourth of your offensive snaps on the season, I should say. That's fine. If you take 300 snaps from the tight end position, those guys are going to be absolutely fine. It's not a big deal. But more importantly, there's a real chance that those 300 snaps that you would potentially play him don't even get sniped from Tucker Craft or Luke Musgrave. The reason being, when Mercedes Lewis was injured a couple seasons ago, and they needed that like that blocking tight end, they didn't just put a tight end in there. You know what they did? They put an offensive tackle in there. So those snaps might go to a Caleb Jones or a Luke Tenuda or a Zach Tom or a Yash Nyman or who's ever on the bench that they think is going to be able to help them most in that position. Now, those snaps could help those guys too. So it's not like it's completely, um, you know, not sniping snaps from players. There might be some of that, but it's probably not going to be from Tucker Craft or Luke Musgrave. It might be from, maybe, and maybe it's, I don't even think it's Deguara. I think they literally might use another offensive tackle in some of those positions. So him only playing about 300 snaps doesn't make me super concerned that it's going to stunt the growth of the young tight ends on the roster. And like I mentioned, I think it's actually going to help in a very major way, the tight ends that are on the roster. And some of you might be thinking already, this is much ado about nothing because Mercedes Lewis is just going to be a New York Jet anyway. We started the conversation with Randall Cobb and that he just became a New York Jet. Obviously, the next one that's going to become a New York Jet is Mercedes Lewis. And maybe, maybe that is very well the case. However, my good friend Justice Mosqueda with the Agme Packing Company, per reports, is saying that Mercedes Lewis, number one, is open to returning to the Packers and two, doesn't seem to be interested in joining the New York Jets, not because of Aaron Rodgers or anything else, but because of state taxes and the the income taxes that he would have to pay by playing in New York. And he has apparently no interest in that, but is still interested in returning to Green Bay. So if Green Bay wanted to make this happen and they didn't give out that number 89 jersey, it does seem like maybe there would be some interest from Mercedes to still play in Green Bay in 2023. Now it's definitely possible that Green Bay takes those two roster spots and just fills them with undrafted free agent tryout guys. And if I'm being honest, if you told me that they just went all in the direction that my overarching philosophy said, and they just went youth all the way around, I get it. And obviously I'm totally fine with that. But if it's me, there's only one veteran out there from any free agents to any players that are you know former Packers or anything like that, that I want on this team in 2023 and that's big dog Mercedes Lewis. Again, I think he can help with that culture change going from a little bit of a rebuild with a lot of those veterans leaving. He can fill a spot that's still needed in Matt LaFleur's offense, probably still do it at a high level. He's one of the best blocking tight ends of all time, in my opinion. And most importantly, he can help your two tight ends that you desperately need to develop into all around tight ends over the course of the next few seasons do exactly that. That's going to do it for me today. If you're looking for the Tucker Craft Breakdown, that is going to come out a little bit later, probably around 11 a.m. again, just like the uh, Jaden Reed one did yesterday. So if you're listening to this after 11 a.m. Central Time, it's probably already up there and you can go find it. But if you are listening to this early in the morning, it is going to be up a little bit later today. So you can check that out over on the YouTube channel. That is going to do it for me right now. Always appreciate you joining me. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go!